Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Thinking Sideways is not supported by eco-terrorism. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm Joe, your host this week, joined by my co-hosts... Devin. And Steve. All right. Well, you guys want to solve a really groovy mystery? Yeah. Well, we can at least poke some holes in it. Yeah. This is um, uh, this is a kind of an interesting one. It's not a really huge one, but people are still chewing over it years after it happened. Uh, yeah, mm. this, this is because this is... Uh, this is tied into another big giant mystery, and so I'm pretty sure that's why mm-hmm. people are so intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. The other one is, uh, of course, you know, the assassination of JFK. I'm sure most of you have heard about. I uh, maybe. Yeah. So I'll explain in a sec how this ties in. Uh, we are talking this week about the mysterious disappearance of Congressman Hale Boggs in 1972. Not Hale Bop. Nope, not Hale Bop. Not comet. the Comet. Not the Comet. Not, the comet, but not Hale... Comet Man. Yeah, not mm-hmm. Comet Hale Man. Bop. Got Hale... it. Yeah, Hale Boggs. Uh, so briefly what happened is that uh, Hale Boggs was in Alaska campaigning for another congressman named Nick Begich. Since Hale Boggs was the... Um, he was the majority leader in the House, and so he was expected to go do campaigning for some of the other candidates. Uh, Baggage was in a tight race, so he was off. To, he was, they were headed for a fundraiser in Juneau. Uh, they were Democrats? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they got on a, a Cessna 310 six-seater plane in Anchorage, uh, along with the pilot, John Jones, and Baggage's assistant, Russell Brown. They uh, were headed from Anchorage to Juneau for a campaign fundraiser. And long story short, the plane never made it to Juneau, and the wreckage was never found. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. It's got vanished. Yeah. Uh, first, a little background on our subject. Uh, Thomas Hale Boggs was first elected to the House in 1940. Then he lost his re-election bid in 1942. <laughs> so he uh, he decided to go join the Navy, and so he went and joined the Navy and did a little fighting in World War II. It was a very patriotic thing to do at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Makes a lot total of people, sense. A lot of people did it. And for our listeners, so they know why I was just giggling in the background, our notes say that he was de-elected. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was uh, deselected there. Deselected, yeah. And then after World War II, he made a comeback in 1946 and served. He's a war hero, of course. Yeah, yeah, he's once served in the war. That's got to boost your cred. There's a bunch of guys who came back from the war and got right into office using that platform. Uh, I don't don't know that Boggs was a war hero exactly, but he did his bit, you know. And that sometimes is all it takes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He was, by the time he disappeared, he was House Majority Leader, as I mentioned. He was next in line for the speakership. And some of you may have heard of his daughter, Koki Roberts, who uh, is with NPR and also, I think, with ABC News. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I love. I like listening to her. Yeah, she's still. Uh, Koki, <laughs> she's got a great voice. <laughs> yeah, she still gets asked questions about her dad too, mm-hmm. about her dad's disappearance. Yeah, you know, people are like I said, people are still chewing over this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing about Hale Boggs that's interesting is that he served on the President's Commission on the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, also known as the Warren Commission. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was headed by Earl Warren. Boggs reportedly was not happy, this is rumor has it, not happy with the actual results of the Warren Commission. Hmm. Yeah, reportedly. Uh, he also reportedly spoke with Jim Garrison, who you may have heard of. Jim, Kevin Costner played him in Oliver Stone's movie, JFK. Oh, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, Jim's, yeah, Jim Garrison was a New Orleans district attorney. Uh, Boggs apparently spilled his guts to Jim, Jim Garrison and gave him enough information to cause Garrison to indict and prosecute a New Orleans businessman named Clay Shaw, who if you haven't heard of, you know, watch the movie JFK, or maybe, I think he was played by Tommy Lee Jones in the movie. It's been so long since I've yeah. seen that, I don't even want to hazard a guess. Yeah. I didn't see it, so... <sighs> yeah. How could you have not watched trouble. the movie? I know, I don't know, I'm sorry, oh. I didn't do my research for this. Yeah. <laughs> The rumor was is that Garrison had this, uh, he had a witness that he said he went to a party, like some sort of cocktail party, where Clay Shaw and some other associates met with um, none other than Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald and hmm. plotted the assassination of JFK. Interesting. And so he took the case to court, and uh, I think the, I, I don't remember how long the trial actually went on for, a while. And he made his case, and then the jury came back and acquitted Shaw after, after deliberating for less than an hour. Ouch. Yeah. 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 That, that's I'm, rough. I'm guessing his career didn't go very good. <laughs> that's kind of humiliating, don't you yeah. think? Yeah. Yeah, that's because that's a major trial. Mm-hmm. So why did he spill his, his guts to Garrison, if he did? Well, again, as I said, it's been rumored he wasn't satisfied with the verdict of the Warren Commission. Um and it's also been rumored that he wanted to reopen the assassination investigation. Let's be fair. He wouldn't be the only person yeah, in this no, whole world that would true. want that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, listen, he, this is the thing that is so funny when you read about, about Hale Boggs is everybody makes it out that he was running around Washington constantly screaming what a cock-up the Warren Commission was and how wrong it was. Uh-huh. You got to look at the dates here. The Warren Commission ended in '64. Yeah, he died in '72, right? Yeah. Okay. Eight years later. That's eight years. Uh, if I don't like something over the course of eight years, I'm probably going to make some disparaging remarks to it. Maybe. But that doesn't mean I'm going to that I am so flaming angry at it as the way that you you find it in a lot of the accounting. Okay. Well, I don't know mm. if that's true about you or not. Because I've heard you get that angry. True. Many times. But not eight years later. But not about the Warren Commission. That, yeah, not about the Warren yeah. Commission. See, I was fine when I was on the Warren Commission. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. Yeah, I that didn't was cool. care. You were satisfied with the results. Yeah, no, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the thing about it is, is like, it, there's, it, there's evidence both directions. Yeah, no, I'm just, um, and it's the, just uh, the, the way it is phrased and put to readers on the internet is why I want to bring that up. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you, if you read all, all the stuff on the internet, he was telling anybody and everybody about, you know, yeah. the massive lies of the FBI <laughs> and how, you know, and, yes. and, how, and how their investigation was all cocked up and everything. And, uh, you know, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. I did want to say regarding the Warren Commission, a lot of the people that served on it really actually were kind of reluctant to. And a couple of them even pointed out that it's really not going to settle the issue. It'll probably just make things worse. And that's really basically what happened mm-hmm. with the Warren Commission from the start. It was like everybody was alleging cover-up, cover-up, you know. And so why even bother? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely true. Yeah. 
But anyway, all this all this talk about reopening the investigation has led to speculation still going on today that Boggs' disappearance was not an accident and then he was murdered to head off a new investigation. Hmm. So they didn't do a very good job. People are still poking around in the, in the JFK <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did not nail the lid shut on that one very well. Yeah, no. yeah. I, I think they missed completely. <laughs> Yeah. Knock the lid off, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Pandora's uh, box is open. Yeah, they just stirred up a hornet's nest here. Mm-hmm. But so there's a, a lot of talk about this, you know, the elements of the CIA and uh, murdered him. There's also talk about maybe it was the FBI that did him in. The CIA couldn't have murdered him. You don't think so? I don't. They. Can't, I don't know. I every time somebody's like, "Oh, the CIA murdered this guy," but did it happen on U.S. soil? Then it probably wasn't the CIA. Oh, well, you think? Right. Like, isn't that the thing? The CIA can't operate on U.S. soil without a different well, department, quote unquote, heading it. Well, yeah, but you know, if they're if they're doing something as illegal as murdering people, they probably don't care. Yeah, maybe. You know? Or you just get the FBI to do it for you. They're yeah, pretty much. Except or the, the men CIA, in black. Or, the, the CIA and the FBI don't really like each other. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's just always my initial reaction when I hear things like that. Mm. It's finally coming out on the show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I tend to be a little skeptical about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, when I think of the CIA, I don't think of cloak and dagger, and I don't think of uh, special black ops and you know wet work and stuff like that. I think of just blistering incompetence. Yeah, that's what those, <laughs> that's what the Lake City yeah. Quiet Pills were for, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <gasps> Maybe they did it. Oh yeah, no more talk about those guys. Oh okay. Yeah, I want to stay alive. Uh, <clears throat> so we should probably get back to Hellbogs. Oh yeah, let's talk to Hellbogs here for a minute. Um, Hellbogs actually, speaking of the FBI, had a good relationship with J. Edgar Hoover. I read through uh, a, a bit of his FBI files, and uh, there were a lot of uh, there was a lot of correspondence back and forth on various issues. And, and Hale Boggs was constantly praising Hoover and the FBI and yada yada yada. But Which they, is so counter to some of the louder websites that you find on this story. That's mm-hmm. so funny. Well, things did change a little bit. Uh, yeah? Things did change, yeah. And by uh, by April 1971, uh, in April 1971, Boggs claimed that he discovered a bug in his telephone at home. And he thought it was the FBI that put it there. Uh, and in, then in uh, maybe two weeks later, he gave a speech before Congress uh, in which he called for J. Edgar Hoover to resign. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, he was he was drawing like parallels between J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI and, and the Soviets and stuff like this, and huh. 1984 and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did so. you did either of you listen to the? Because obviously Nixon wasn't very happy about that. Mm. Did you listen to the tapes uh, the from Nixon when he was talking to? Was it Ford? I think it was. Yeah, Jerry, because he called him Jerry, so it was Ford. Yeah, yeah. When he was talking to him, and it's. They always say, well, then this is proof that Nixon wanted him out and Nixon's not happy with him. Mm-hmm. But I had never heard any of the tapes from Nixon before. And it is the weirdest conversation in the world to listen to. Did either of you get no, a chance I did to? Not, no. I did not listen to it. It no. is. I have never heard such a leading conversation. In other words, Nixon would start talking and there would be a question in there. And then Ford would start to, you know, oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. To answer the question and make him feel better. And then he would just ride over him. And then he would, oh, okay, well, I got to let you go. I got to go. And then he'd do it all over again. It was the weirdest thing in the world to listen to. And I didn't know why everybody made such a fuss about it. It it really was just, uh, I don't think that guy should have done that. And I think we got a problem. So um, you should have somebody look into this. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. Bye. You got a problem with Boggs or a problem with, with Hoover? Oh, with Boggs. With Boggs, yeah. Yeah, with Boggs and everything he was saying against Hoover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know that Nixon was not about to touch Hoover. I mean, you know, as, oh, as, as, as story, nobody as the story goes, Hoover. yeah, Hoover was untouchable. Yeah, <laughs> he's got his own dam. Yeah, yeah, he I does. know. It's true. Seriously, and he uh, he had the goods on everybody. The rumor has it, and so mm-hmm. yeah, everybody was afraid to go after Hoover. This is why his grave is hidden because it's all in his coffin. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. All his secrets. Yep. Oh, yeah. I would love to get my hands on his files. That'd be, mm-hmm. that'd be so cool. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyway, yeah, so something changed Boggs' mind about J. Edgar. Um, now, back to our fateful plane ride. Uh, the morning, it was the morning of October 16th, 1972. Uh, the weather was so-so. It was uh, fog, low clouds, a little drizzle. You remember? 
Well, I was there. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. And uh, there was a, a company called Panalaska that was owned by a guy named Don Jones who piloted this this plane. It was the plane was one of their planes. It's Jones. It's in case somebody's going to go out and um, Google it. That's with a Z. It's, it's J O N Z, which isn't exactly the intuitive spelling of the word. Yeah, and I, I I've I, heard it pronounced Johns as well. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say it could be Johns. I don't know. Or or Juan's or Jan's, <laughs> but it's John, yeah. Jones now. Yeah, it could be John Z for all we know. But for, for our purposes, we'll, we'll just call him Jones. His flight plan basically was that they were going to the town of Yakutat. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but they're going by via Airway V317, which is a flight route. It's a flight route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, and from and once they got to Yakutat, then or, or Yakut. Yakutat, <laughs> uh, they would go on a straight line to Juneau from there. It was supposed to be about a, about a three-and-a-half-hour trip. So the, the, the route goes southeast from Anchorage through what's called Portage Pass, through the mountains, and then it veers leftward a bit and goes pretty much more or less straight to Yakutat. Uh, and then from there was to, it, it nudges just a little bit rightward, carries on to Juneau, but it leaves the V-17 flight path. So it's pretty much overland. No. No, it's mostly over water. Mostly over water. Okay. Here, that's, get... that's actually... Do you have the... I have got, yeah, let's look I have got a map of it. Yeah. So what you're looking at, that it's funny, is that I had looked up what the current tr- uh, normal route is between uh-huh. the two cities. Yeah. And most commercial airlines today actually take an arc between the two, and they stay inland for mm-hmm. most of that trip. So it was really interesting when I saw this that it was actually. But it's on the coastline. It's over water yeah. the whole. But route. on the coastline. Yeah, yes. pretty okay. much. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, that's fine. So yeah, it takes off, goes to Portage Pass, and then heads off mm-hmm. across Prince William Sound, and then you know it, it's you know mostly it, over yeah. water, but right. but it's it's not that far off the coast. So if you get in a little bit of trouble, maybe you can find your make your way to dry land before you crash. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe. The water's cold. It'd be hard. Yeah, it would suck either mm-hmm. way. Yeah. yeah. Don Jones, the pilot, uh, said that he was going to fly under visual flight rules. What does uh, that mean? Visual flight rules means that uh, it's, that's what you do when the weather is clear enough that you can see all around you. Mm. And, oh. and, and then instrument flight rules are when, when conditions are, are very limited visibility, then you're supposed to be able to fly by instruments instead of just by using your eyesight. So it's fly by sight or fly by instrument. He mm-hmm. was doing fly by sight. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, and you know, kind of foggy, cloudy weather. And he was, of course, he was qualified to do both. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's this right. guy had like seventeen thousand hours of flight experience or something. Because that's like an, that. I think that's probably an important thing to mention as well. Because it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, and so I don't know if he was just getting cocky or what, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he. Uh, but the NTSB investigated this uh, and wrote a report in nineteen seventy three. That's when they released it, anyway. Um, for they, those uninitiated, oh, the yeah. NTSB National Transportation Safety Board. There you go. That's it. Listen, yeah. <laughs> not all of our listeners. I, are that's, that's I know. A good point. Sorry I, about that. Yeah. No, I'm thank you for saying that because I read it and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I know what that is, and yeah. then just continued mods. So yeah. good call. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. It's, uh, but according to their report, quote, the weather conditions along the proposed route were not conducive to flight under visual flight rules criteria. Unquote. Mm. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that's what they did. It took off at 9 a.m. Uh, last communication with Anchorage Tower was at 9.09 a.m. And uh, reportedly they disappeared as, uh, as they were approaching the Chugok mountain range. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. Uh, so the plane didn't even make it to Yakutat. Oh, an interesting factoid about the Chugach Mountains is that they get more snowfall than any other place in the world. What? Yeah, they do. Annual average snowfall is 600 inches. Holy oh my crap. God. That's, yeah. Wait, that's... Uh, 50 feet. Jeez. <laughs> 50 feet of snow. So if their plane did happen to crash in, the, in, the, in those mountains, well, it's not a surprise. I never found it. That absolutely is. For our uh, not American, <laughs> everybody else who uses the, the if, metric system... If you're metrified. That's uh, 15.25 meters. Fifteen and a quarter meters. Fifteen and a quarter yeah. meters yeah. of snow. Yeah, so that's about, not nothing. That's <laughs> no, it's not. A uh, lot of snow. Um, you could make an awesome snowman. <laughs> a really big one. Yeah. Or a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> snowman army. Yeah. It'd be great. Give them all little hats. Send them marching on you to Anchorage. Don't watch Doctor Who. 
<laughs> I remember that episode. Oh, so you do. They have nasty yeah. little teeth. Did they have actual carnivorous snowmen or something? Yeah. I yes. I saw that one. They did? <laughs> I like yeah. it. Oh, back to, where were we? Uh, yeah, the, so the plane was supposed to arrive in Juneau at 12.30 p.m. At 1.15, it was reported overdue. So the U.S. Air Force Rescue Coordination Center checked with all the airfields that were anywhere near the plane's flight path. And nobody had seen or heard anything from the plane. Mm. So he didn't make an emergency landing anywhere. Okay. And they were in a six, you said it was a six-seated Cessna? Yeah, yeah, twin-engine Cessna uh, mm. with six seats. Uh, I am never going to get in a Cessna. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Good idea. Yeah. Smart move. Yeah, they diverted, uh, they diver- there, there was already an, H- an airborne HC-130 plane up in the air. So they, uh, they diverted that to go look for the plane. And, of course, they brought in lots more resources. Uh, this was one of the biggest searches ever. They spent 39 days wow. up looking for these guys. I guess you guys. would. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. Uh, so it was a planes, helicopters, um, both government-owned and private. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they searched thousands of square miles of land and also um, Coast Guard cutters along with merchant marine vessels and fishing vessels uh, searched Prince William Sound, the Gulf of Alaska, and the Icy Straits area around Juneau. Wow. And they found nothing, not even a bit of wreckage floating in the water. Nothing. And then uh, an interesting little side side note about some people have made a lot of this. Yeah. Actually, they have. On October 18th, 1972, the FBI's Los Angeles office got a call from a guy. And I've heard this two ways. One was the FBI got a call from the guy, and the other one was that this guy called the, the uh, Long Beach Coast Guard office. Yeah. Yeah. I have actually seen it both ways now that you say that. Yeah. And so uh, this guy claimed to work for a company that specialized in, quote, surveillance technologies, unquote, and that they had located the plane via either some sort of radio transmission or via the transmission from its emergency location transmitter. Because mm. most planes carry the fact that they all carry they them these do days. today. They all do. They didn't carry them in those days necessarily. This yeah. actually, this crash is why all planes now have uh-huh. emergency transponders mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. Which are really, really effective, as we know, from recent crashes. Yeah. <laughs> They're very helpful in finding crashes. They are kind of helpful. Usually. Was, first time I ever saw one, I was in a little two-seater Cessna with uh, this guy that I knew. He and, was in a Cessna. Yeah, I was, I was in a Cessna. You're lucky you survived. I am lucky. Actually, this guy was... You know, I, I really did kind of take my life in my hands, because this guy was actually a fairly novice pilot, and he wanted to go for... Uh, and, and so we, we rented this plane and took off from Vancouver, Washington, and went up and flew around Mount St. Helens, and then came back. And that's when I noticed I saw my first emergency trans- emergency transmitter, and it, says, it looks like a, like a walkie-talkie mounted in a, in a really heavy-duty bracket towards the back of the plane, and it's got a toggle switch on the top of it, and there's a little rail, and it's got this heavy weight on it. So the whole idea is when the plane goes smash into something, that heavy weight's <laughs> going to go bat forward and, and toggle that switch. Uh-huh. Very, very simple, sophisticated, you know. Oh, but yeah, it totally you know. makes sense. Yeah. And, but, yeah, and, and, uh, under Alaska law, you were required to have some sort of emergency transmitter. If you didn't have one mounted in your plane, then you could have a portable unit with, with the pilot. So you could do that. So Alaska did require them. In this particular case, the and- pilot... Just so every, uh, so I remember it was that's that's two days after the crash that oh, that yeah. guy called. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Back to right? that, I to- totally got off the track. Sorry, so. no, that's okay. Um, it is, yeah. It's two days. Yeah, so yeah. two days after the crash, or two days after the disappearance. I disappearance, say. we yeah. should say, yeah. Yeah. That's when he called, and then. Um, yeah. So this guy, and he gave the coordinates of the of the crash site, and although he didn't really give the coordinates as in lat- precise latitude and longitude, instead he gave these really strange directions. I have that. Yeah. And oh. Yeah. He also said that there were two people still alive there. He said, I don't know how he would know that. Well, that's kind of what I'm wondering, too, because you know, it, it must have been some sort of radio transmission, but I, what I don't understand is how it is that nobody else heard this. Yeah, or maybe they were yeah. doing like a flyover thermal. In the more no, conspiratorial websites oh. that you see, they say that at the time, the U.S. government had the ability to actually track individual people and could pick up some kind of special radio emin- I don't know. I, I I don't understand it because it's really kind of fringy. It was mm-hmm. his. It was his um, fillings. Anyway, it was their electromagnetic field. Everybody, they could track you by your personal electromagnetic mm. field oh, like, because course, what yeah. it was, and that they had the technology to do it, but they couldn't reveal that. So of course, whenever anybody said. Well, how do you know that? Uh, but, uh, mm, I can't tell you that. Or who do you work for? Oh, mm, I can't tell you that because technically it's a government institution mm. that he works for. It was the goofiest thing. 
Okay, so I had read what a long time. you and you have the what he said? Yes. The, the, the directions, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. His are uh, are highly uh, highly reliable sources. They mm-hmm. call them. Uh, the FBI, I think they called him that. But mm. okay, so here's how it goes. The uh, it is draw a straight line from Anchorage to Juneau, head west from Juneau, two hundred and an unknown number because we don't know what it is because the photocopy is so bad. Okay, you got it out that that telex that the, yeah that's the telex on the web. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's it it's kind of hard to read. Two hundred and blank six and one half miles across the Yakutat Bay and the Malsapina Glacier. Draw a line from that point to the coast. Go back north along that line, 6.43 miles to the downed plain. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a geographic word problem. Uh, yeah, I. Um, That's like an SAT question. It kind of is, and I don't. I don't understand why it, they couldn't just give like the uh, latitude and longitude. Maybe I. You know? I have theories on it, and we'll talk about that when we get into the theories section. But that is mm. the that is the the way that the directions were given. Yeah, uh, the FBI did go interview this guy. Uh, unfortunately, his name has been redacted in their records, so I don't know what his name was, but. Uh, they reported, Jay Hoover. Yeah, they reported that he, quote, appeared rational, extremely intelligent, but somewhat strange, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was also evasive. Like I said, he wouldn't say where his, uh, what his company was or exactly yeah. what they did. He wouldn't talk about that. And then uh, well, the FBI asked him again, like later on, the, uh, if he uh, knew anything about like what frequency these radio transmissions were on or what any of these messages were. Like what the text of the messages were, he he was he wouldn't say. So um, he was absolutely part of the fringe, yeah. network, right? Or a prankster? Yeah, it could have been a prankster. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, the FBI did pass the info on to the relevant people. The area was reportedly searched, and nothing was found. Uh, and after that, they decided the source was a flake. Uh, and also, again, the, the the plane, even though it didn't have an an, an ELT emergency location transmitter. The pilot still was supposed to carry one, but Don Jones's ELT was found later on board another Pan Alaska airplane. This is weird. I yeah. mean, I guess it's. I think that he went from one plane to the next and left and he it behind. Caught it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I guess again, it's one of those. You know, he was a pretty accomplished pilot. Yeah, he didn't it's feel like it was really necessary. A maybe. coincidence that he decided to choose the wrong kind of way to fly. It's a coincidence that he managed to leave his transmitter on a different plane. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think it's anything, uh, any dark conspiracy or anything like that. I think, but he, it is. I see where Devin's going. Where it's, it's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of coincidences. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the pilot was feeling a little down and decided to take himself out. And We've seen it before. People. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, so it, it appears that there was no emergency transmitter. Now, the plane, of course, had other radios in it, but uh, how well those would be working after a plane crash, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially under, you know, 50 feet of snow. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it dove all the way down through all 50 feet at once. Could have. That would have had to hit really hard. Yeah. Well, it was in the sky. I mean, uh, you know. Okay. I'll give you that. You yeah. win. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of that plane that crashed in South America decades ago. And uh, it's, uh, they, were, they were in a headwind. And they, uh, they didn't realize that they had not. They were traveling basically from Buenos Aires to Peru. And so because of the headwind, they weren't as far west as they thought they were. So they started their descent too early, and they sort of crashed into the side yeah, of the Yeah, I was just reading about that the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the uh, and most recently what happened is they wound up being becoming part of a glacier, and now parts of the plane are starting to come out of the glacier, yeah. out of the front of the glacier. That's crazy. After all those years, yeah, after all those years, decades, yeah, the plane's finally popping out. Maybe that, And maybe that's what's going to happen here. Maybe it'll start coming out of a glacier one of these days. Yeah, that plane crashed, and it was 46 or 47 or something, something like that. that yeah. yeah, it was guys who were, had been in World War II, so yeah, I remember yeah. that. Anyway, that's all, that's all we're, we're getting yeah. off track here. Uh, once again, off track. That's okay. It's a point on people, bingo. People love to just hear us talk, even if we're not saying anything particular. I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't. But as, as far as if they heard radio transmissions, like vo- voice radio transmissions, it's kind of surprising nobody else did. Yeah. Although several independent ham operators in Northern California said they spoke with someone or at least heard a transmission from someone on the plane after it crashed yeah. who said that there were survivors. And then again, it's another one of those weird things, right, where it's like, but why so far away? 
Is that where everybody was hearing it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, why weren't been. people, why, you know, why didn't the airports in the area that were on the radio, why or didn't they pick ham up? ham operators in Oregon in, and Washington yeah. and Canada picking it up. Or Alaska. Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Why was it only California? I know, just only Northern California. Yeah. I know. Smacks Maybe of the another, plane another case. crashed. Yeah, it reminds me of Lost Boy Larry. Yeah. Maybe the plane actually crashed in California. That's why they couldn't find it. They were way off course, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That is a terrible course correction. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I know. So uh, our mystery then, what happened to Boggs, Beggett, Brown, and Jones? Yeah. Sounds like a law firm, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are three possibilities, excluding really Choopy and the aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I'm also going to exclude the they went off to go start a new life somewhere else theory. I've read your notes. You don't actually do that. Yeah. And you totally keep that one in there. Yeah. So three possibilities. Here's number one. The CIA or, and or the FBI arranged to have a bomb planted on the airplane. Hmm. Uh, this is a lot of people believe that there was a bomb. Hmm. Um, some people believe that the CIA assassin was none other than Bill Clinton. <laughs> Is that real? Yeah. It is. That's I, real. I found it on at least two or three websites. Supposedly, Clinton was a young man, and he drove Boggs to the airport to get on the plane that took him to Alaska. Yeah. Not the plane that went down. Well, but... yeah, everybody takes it takes this as, yeah, he drove him to the airport in Alaska and, and, mm. and just snuck a bomb on They were on in there Texas Alaska. or something like that, weren't they? No, nah, the, the Dulles Airport. Dulles yeah. Airport. So yeah. New York, right? No, mm-hmm. Dulles is, is Dulles Washington. Is in... It's uh, Virginia. So Washington D.C. Right? It, it, Me know geography quite well. Surrounding yeah. area, yeah. yeah. It's, okay. I mean, it's not in D.C. Proper, it's got to be. But... I'm thinking of Dallas, Fort Worth. Then, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's it. But... You're just a little confused. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I was a little confused as soon as I heard that old Bill Clinton was responsible. Well, it would explain yeah. why he was elected to president as payment. Uh-huh, that's, that's <laughs> got to be it. So he probably drove to the airport and says, hey, I, I just got a little parting gift for you here. <laughs> now, I don't that's want you to unwrap really this until you get to Juno and don't mind the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard your Bill Clinton impression before. That's quite but good. But it's pretty good. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so so Clinton is the assassin, which... Clinton was the assassin, yeah. I'm sorry, the only thing that he has been able to assassinate that I've ever known of is his wife's dignity. <laughs> and his own and character. And his own, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, but continue on with this. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll shut my mouth. <laughs> okay, so where were we? The CIA or FBI had a bomb planted on the plane. As I said earlier, he was pushing, supposedly pushing, to reopen the investigation into the assassination, and he had to be silenced. Yeah. Um, it's said, it's been said that Box was suspicious that there was CIA and or Cuban government involvement in the assassination. Yeah, because, uh, you know, that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'm yeah, sorry. I no. Know. No. no. Yeah, an author named John H. Davis wrote a book about uh, one of Boggs' associates. Uh, I don't think, I don't know how closely he was associated with this guy, but the guy was kind of a mafioso sort of guy. And then he, he said that. He wrote that Boggs was skeptical of the FBI investigation and its conclusions. He said also that years after the fact, one of Boggs' former aides said, quote, Hale always returned to one thing. Hoover lied his eyes out to the commission on Oswald, on Ruby, on their friends, the bullets, the guns, you name it, unquote. Hmm. Of course, this is just, you know, what, well, kind of like third hand kind of stuff, kind of hearsay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, alternatively, the FBI might have done it because Boggs dissed J. Edgar Hoover. As I said, he denounced him and demanded his resignation in, in April 1971. Always possibility. Yeah, of course, Hoover died five months before the disappearance of the plane. But you never know. I mean, maybe he gave the order and the assassins just waited until October because that was a propitious time to do it. Because after all, Alaska and small airplanes don't really get along that well. No, they <laughs> yeah. Even though if a lot, you have to have them to get around. I mean, they seem to disappear a hell of a lot up there. They or do. crash or not disappear, but they they crash. They a lot. they don't fare well. Let's yeah. just call it that. Yeah, uh, and also uh, bolstering the FBI theory, uh, Nick Beggage's son, who's also named Nick Beggage, said in 2011 in an interview that the FBI knew where the downed airplane was, but didn't turn over the information to the Coast Guard. And so the plane's survivors were basically left to die in the wilderness. Hmm. That's what he claimed. And, uh, yeah, I know. Well, it's just, I mean, I don't know. I Usually when when the kids of the victims of things buy into these 
conspiracy theories. They champion the conspiracy. I had a kind of, I don't know, it well, like adds a little more to me. You know, they knew their parents pretty well. They would know if they had that sense of like that was actually probably going to happen to them or not. But obviously, I mean, like, I don't think that Cokie Roberts thinks that. No, she's just happened. So she, uh, she's kind of the polar opposite. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, so it's that, interest. It's I don't know, but that's always interesting to me. Yeah, it's always. I think you know, especially when it's your parents or something like that. I mean, you want to like want it to be something more historically significant than there's just that's they, also they true. got in a crash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he said that they did it mainly to. Uh, uh, I'm not so sure that he buys. He hasn't didn't really say anything about the whole uh, JFK assassination thing, but he thought he thought the FBI just had the technology to find them, but it was new and classified mm, and super secret. I and see. They didn't want to, like, give away their, their sources. I see. By, and so they basically chose to let these people all die. Okay. Right? Which I, I don't I don't believe in 72 that they had any sort of sort of super mystical Well, it would have been. It had to be a satellite. Yeah, the thing about it and is... I was is... looking up the satellite lists that had been launched and were available at that time... And it didn't get an impression from anything that was out there that we had anything remotely capable of doing that. Unless uh, the FBI had, you know, actually bugged in his bloodstream Hale Boggs oh. to oh, track him. Oh, yeah. they, they put a little tracker chip in him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Little... To know where he was at all times to make sure he wasn't up to no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that could be. Be. That technology yeah. existed then. It, yeah. It, yeah. Well, we had and we had we did have uh, spy satellites and stuff, but uh, you know, you, you kind of like they're not necessarily going to pass over that particular spot at that particular time. Yeah, and that and they're um, uh, they, you know they might go over that spot once every now and again unless you want to change their change their orbit a bit, which they're kind of reluctant to do because they have limited fuel on board. I don't know and why then, Google didn't get a picture of it. I know, really, seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Google, can we talk about this whole, the guy who said he knew the coordinates thing a little bit more? Yeah. Well, that, he did, he found of, Google or? No, no, oh. because I used Google. Oh, okay. To, to that kinda, was your transition. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, because I, I kind of... Uh, I kind of went a little crazy on this this word problem that they gave us about how uh, that he where he said they knew where Boggs was, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and there's some serious problems with it. And I'm going to say at the outset that I'm pretty sure the problems with it are that somebody did their quote unquote calculations. They did it on a paper map using a ruler and a pencil, and you know doing the distance conversions from. X amount of distance equals a mile. Mm-hmm. So their their scale is probably what screwed them up. If we go back to what this person said, it said from Juno, uh, head west from Juno, which is the southernmost point of their route, because uh-huh. Anchorage is north of it, yeah. or northwest of Juno. Yeah. Well, the 200 number, 200, the blank in that has to be a low number. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's 206. Well, that means it's got to be, what, like 226, 236 to put it around that glacier that he's mm. talking about. Uh-huh. But in a straight line, there's almost no land uh-huh. that that on the line of, that they're running. So when it says, follow that line, hit this, mi- this mile point, and then draw a line to the coast. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what that line to the coast means. But then track that back north 6.43 miles mm-hmm. well that does put them completely in basically it puts them in the middle of what's the the glacier there the malaspina glacier okay. that's the one that they reference which is a piedmont glacier which is a weird glacier because it's kind of flat and from space it almost looks like somebody dropped a white drop of paint in blue mm. the way it, it kind of echoes out but it's a real flat area so it would have been pretty easy for the search planes to find it because there's no major crevasses and crags and stuff in there. Uh-huh. Mm. So, a my first problem is is that the course that they the point that they call out on the course is over water, so it's hard to go to the coast because I infer it to head south from the line to coastline and then head north. But even if it's just heading directly north, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's yeah. a bl- it's such an easy flat area to find somebody. 
So that's why I, I consider the whole thing just so badly done. Hmm. And somebody who thought they knew what they were talking about, based on a map, and yeah. they were kind of a kook. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think the guy was just. I think it was probably just BS because you know some guy wanting attention. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, but I spent I spent way too much time on Google Earth trying to map out these coordinates, and it just. I just, it doesn't work. It's just a strange way to give the uh, give the coordinates to the crash site. Mm-hmm. What did you say? If, if, they, if they had crashed on that glacier, then they're probably, even if they're playing that falling down a crevasse, you'd see a, some nice big long skid marks and, mm-hmm. and a little bit of debris and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so between the FBI and the CIA, I'm going to go with the CIA, uh, mainly because since they were employing Bill Clinton, that makes him an assassin and a murderer. Obviously. So that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, again, as we said, he drove to Dulles Airport, but he was nowhere near Alaska on the day that the plane took off. I think that we can clear Clinton of this anyway. <laughs> but maybe somebody else planted a bomb on the, on the plane in Anchorage. It's always possible, even if it wasn't Bill Clinton. But according to the National Transportation Safety Board's report, uh, it says probably not, because at 8 a.m. that day, Don Jones took the plane to the refueling pits at Anchorage International Airport. The witnesses there said nothing was put on the plane except for gasoline. And after that, Jones taxied the plane to a ramp near the control tower where the three passengers got on. And the witness there said that uh, a small amount of baggage, passenger baggage, was also placed on the plane, but that was it. Although, of course, there could have been a bomb in one of the bags. Yeah. You know, I suppose. You know, I think the thing is, Johns was a kind of a cocky pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it. Well, he, he was no... Evidently, there's statements recorded where he would say he could fly through any condition. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a little bit... That kind of makes me... Uh, plus everything else that we've talked about. I really mm-hmm. don't think that this is a CIA, FBI assassination job you don't no no well there's not much in the way of evidence and yet speaking of cockiness besides you're required on planes like this you're required to carry not only the transmitter the emergency transmitter but you're required to carry all kinds of survival supplies i mean a lot mm-hmm. and witnesses that saw the plane before it took off said that they didn't see any containers containing survival supplies you're supposed mm-hmm. to have things like you're supposed to have a gun Two weeks worth of food for everybody on the plane, mm-hmm. uh, you know, heavy clothing and probably fire a flare gun, and flare gun, and, and mm-hmm. wool blankets, you're bear sp- repellent, transmitters. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're supposed to have all kinds of stuff. Firewood. And uh, no, probably yeah. not that. And there was no, that's true. Yeah, apparently there was nothing on the plane, according to witnesses, that resembled mm-hmm. a container full of survival supplies. Hmm. Yeah, and so he left it. He left the survival supplies behind, and he uh, left his emergency transmitter behind. So yeah, you're right. He was kind of a cocky guy. Is that on all planes, Joe? Was that in, in Alaska? No, just in general. Is it just in Alaska that I, they're required to? I think that's Alaska law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would actually be a good idea if you're flying anywhere in the lower 48 to carry some survival supplies too. Because just flying anywhere. Yeah, because if you crash, there's a good chance you're going to crash in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You better be able to be prepared to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's go to another theory. Uh, theory number two, which is that the plane just crashed. It wasn't bombed or anything like that. Uh, back to Cokie Roberts. She said in 2004 that her father actually had no problems with the Warren Commission's findings. And he, she said he was also not pushing for the investigation to be reopened. So turns out maybe some of that is not quite so true, although I saw at least one guy on a website that called her a liar with an exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. it in all caps, too? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Was it in bold? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she later said in 2013, she said that Boggs was skeptical of the single bullet theory, uh, but she also said that she believed that Lee Harvey Oswald did act alone, and if Boggs was convinced of something different, then she, he probably would have said something to her about that. And Hale Boggs never said anything to his daughter about that. Um, now, also in 2014, she said that she she is sure that the plane is at the bottom of Prince William Sound and that it will probably never be found. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. yeah, because after all, this did pl- this did take place in Alaska. And as we said, Alaska does not like planes. No, people people in planes disappear all the time in Alaska. Uh, so it's just not that unusual. And again, uh, if they did go down because of bad weather or whatever, you know, you can actually crash your plane. I mean, Don Jones was a very experienced pilot, 
But even an experienced pilot, if you get in a fog bank, you really lose your bearings. Next thing you know, you're flying upside down and mm-hmm. maybe you're flying, flying into the ground, down. flying straight down, and not realizing what you're mm-hmm. doing. You know, and so when when you're not on instruments, and this guy and he was not on instruments, uh, it's easy to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also heard that there was. I swear, I read somewhere that the conditions were conducive to icing of the wings. Yeah, they did not have anything in the way of de-icing equipment on the on the plane. Right, which again, if it's cold and it's cold and low visibility, and you're flying and, through clouds and stuff like and that, and your wings are icing up, you may not realize how much altitude you're losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which and then of course once you've got ice all over your wings, their the maneuverability is out the window. You're kind of hosed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that Jones was aware of ice of icing. I think he probably, if he was able to, would probably have tried to get out of the clouds and so because that's that's where most of your ice comes from, I believe. Is yeah, the clouds. Is, is when, it's the yeah, moisture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the moisture in the clouds. So he probably tried to climb above the clouds. Probably, mm-hmm. but we don't really know what he did, unfortunately. Oh, see another theory. This is theory number three. Uh, the pilot, Don Jones, was paid by the CIA to land the plane at a remote airstrip where Hale Boggs was taken prisoner and tortured and interrogated. Where did you find this? I made it up. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, I mean, realistically, yeah, I like, possible. I like this theory, you know, because it involves waterboarding or whatever they did to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, if they did want to kill him, it actually makes more sense to bribe the pilot and have them land the plane somewhere. Because if you blow the plane up with a bomb, well, you don't know where the wreckage is going to end up. It could end up in the water. Mm-hmm. could end up on land where it's found. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes obvious that the plane was blown up with a bomb. Although if you're yeah. the FBI, you probably would be taking over. You would be able to say, oh, it's terrorism. we got to take over the investigation. And then, you know, and <laughs> quote, unquote, investiga- investigate. And then say, oh, it was, you know, whatever the big group that we don't like at the time is. And mm-hmm. everybody would say, oh, those guys, we uh, reinforces our urge uh-huh. to do bad things to them. And then. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's also entirely. I mean, if you want to go that route, it's also entirely possible that they could have a had a man on the ground. B had a transponder in a fixed location that they knew it would go over and set the bomb off. Or C, they could have had another plane following it to uh-huh. then blow it up and know where the debris went and then know exactly where to go to pick it up. That's true. Mm, that's I mean, true, that's I the thing is that, okay, if we're going to take this conspiracy to that level, mm-hmm. let's not just presume that these guys are the messy jerks who leave their dirty dishes in the sink all night long. They go and clean it up right away. Yeah. But so it, they would know where it was at. But it's the FBI. Yeah, yeah they, would, they probably would. Or they could have just, um, I mean, if they knew the flight path and everything and they knew basically mostly it was going to be over water they could have just put a bomb in there with an altimeter trigger or a timer yeah Yeah. i think an altimeter trigger would work better it depends on when you put the bomb in the plane like if you put it in like say the night before then that you probably want to have an altimeter trigger but and even a timer you don't know maybe the flight gets delayed maybe they don't take off right away and then you're kind of hosed because they're sitting on the airstrip because it's frozen and Bomb goes off, and then everybody knows what's going on. Mm, yeah. Well, then you claim terrorism. Right. Yeah. See? Homeland so, Security sweeps in. Fail-proof. Even though Homeland Security didn't exist at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. I know. How did, well, how those, did those we protect ourselves? I know. I know. I know, really. Homeland Security is doing such a great job. Uh, <laughs> They're holding up my baggage. God, I'm, I'm still alive, and I had them to thank for it. Yeah, the NSA is nothing if not amazing. We love them. Oh, yeah, we don't. They we totally do, do only do. great things. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm true. seeing Devin wink at me. She says that, yes, we love all of those government institutions we keeping us safe. We love them for keeping mm-hmm. us safe and not infringing on anything ever. No. They did everything right. Could we Why do it is right? there an electronic bug underneath this table? Can did we, we do move it right? on? Yeah. Did we do it right? We better move yes, on. Yes, we did okay. it well. Okay, uh, good. Okay, yeah, I think we convinced them. All right, <laughs> all right. so I, I'm going to vote for the plane just crashed in water. Yeah. It's like sitting at the bottom of the ocean right now. Although you never know, it may be a crash in a glacier and it's going to come popping out one end of it sooner or later. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Because, you know, the the snow in Alaska is melting at record fast rates now. Uh-huh. And things that have gone out and been buried in the snow in the last several hundred years are going to start showing up. Yeah, so fun. we may, in the next decade, find this Cessna. 
We if might. it did indeed crash on land and get buried in a glacier. That would be interesting. Yeah, it would sure. be cool. But uh, I'm guessing that since this route was mainly over water, like about 80, 90% over water, mm-hmm. I think they went down to the drink. And since sea levels are rising, we won't find it. So, yes. No, never. You never know. Somebody might stumble upon it for one reason or another. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily impossible. I mean, technology is marching on. We're finding ways to, you know, see, get... A Google clear... is mapping the bottom of the ocean, and they will find it for us. They might. Well, I mean, yeah. We're, yeah, we're developing technologies that allow us to really accurately scan the bottom of the ocean. We're finding wrecks. Did you hear about that galleon they found off the, co- the coast of Colombia? Yeah. Oh, And man. they don't know who it belongs to now. Yeah, they're trying to figure that out. Because it's like $7 billion worth of treasure or something it's like some that. some staggering amount yeah. of treasure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I wish I could have a chunk of that. Me oh. too. Yeah. Oh, we should just, just go discover billion. it for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, well. I, because you guys I know care, I like the conspiracy theories on this one. They're fun. Yeah, yeah they're, they're fun. fun. They I think fun. I, I think I think he was murdered. I think Hale Boggs was murdered. Okay. By the that. FBI, not the CIA. You think the FBI did it? Yeah, because like I said, the CIA can't operate on U.S. soil. Yeah, okay. Duh. And then did they threaten or bribe Cokie Roberts? Uh, no, or... she just doesn't know. Why would she know? How would she know? Mm. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Okay. And just her with LSD. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they brainwashed This her. is my, that's ridiculous look, by the way. Oh, is that what that yeah. is? Mm-hmm. Well, Cokie did actually disappear at one point in the, in the, in the mid-70s. So it's believed that she was sent off to, uh, to a remote location and brainwashed, mm-hmm. and false memories were implanted. Yeah, see, yeah. it was perfect. Yeah. yeah, okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Explains everything. <laughs> All right, let's, you two cut it out. Come on, let's, let's keep going here. Uh, we're about, is there anything else to, about no, this story, Joe? No, not really. Uh, okay. There's, uh, so anyway, so Devin thinks the FBI did mm-hmm. kill them i think the plane just crashed what do you think i think the plane just crashed yeah that's most likely okay all right well uh, another mystery solved right on all right now we've come to your favorite part of the podcast where i tell you some stuff that you already know um, <laughs> yeah uh if you uh if you want to find us uh, and download our episodes whatever leave comments so we have a website called thinking sideways podcast.com uh, we also have links, so we will post some links to some kind of like uh, websites that are kind of like what tinfoil hat kind of websites. Well, it depends on the ones that you select. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what else? Uh, of course, we're on iTunes, so you can subscribe. You can leave us a rating and a review. We really like that. You can stream us from anywhere. Uh, we're on Facebook, so Thinking Sideways on Facebook. Uh, don't try to friend us, but we do have a group, so you'll want to join the group. And, or the, the like the page. Oh, well, because, yeah, like the page. Or both. Yeah. Or both, yeah. Uh, Twitter, we're thinking sideways without the G. Um, and uh, for email, uh, send us an email. We're thinking sideways podcast at gmail.com. And send us thoughtful, praising emails. Or even if you have criticisms, we've gotten a few criticisms from people, but they're, they're often constructive. Sometimes off the sort of like you know baddie, but usually constructive. Uh, uh, we are. I believe also, the way you were trying to phrase that was not always constructive. Not always. Usually, sometimes you know. <laughs> uh, what else? We have a subreddit. We're yes. Right. Yeah, we have a subreddit. Uh, we are also on Patreon.com. That's uh, Patreon. If you haven't heard about it before, is uh, uh, the site where you can go and you can pledge a certain amount of money, like you know a buck an episode or whatever. Now, it's totally optional, but it helps us out because we just had to pay for, yeah, yeah, we just had to pay a bunch of money for our web hosting, yeah, and uh, so, but this is totally optional, as if you, because I, I, you know, I can't shame anybody or anything like that because I, I there's a lot of websites I go to all the time. That oh, no, jars. there's been a number, this <laughs> so time I of year, there's a lot of campaigning, and I have yeah. been clicking the close button myself, so I completely understand yeah. people going the free route yeah. because I do it myself. I use Wikipedia all the time. They're begging for money right now, and I'm totally ignoring them. Yeah. <laughs> so, me too. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I guess that's it. You guys have any further thoughts? Nope. No. All right. Well, till next week then. Ta-ta, everybody. Oh, bye, guys. Later, everyone. Bye.